Hello and welcome to Money Markets and More with me, Dominic Frisby. I'm sitting at the New Orleans Investment Conference, which is in, as you might have guessed, New Orleans. And I've just run into two old buddies of mine who I would say know as much about the mining industry as everyone. They both have their own mining newsletters. On my right is Brent Cook of Exploration Insights. So just say hello, Brent, so we can get used to your voice. Hello, Brent. Very good. And then on my left is Kai Hoffman. What's your newsletter called, Kai? Well, it's SF Live. It's our YouTube channel. SF Live. Very good. So we've got Kai and Brent, and we are all nursing our wounds, um, our our financial wounds. I I guess, Brent, you are the senior uh, member of this panel, and you've seen many bull markets and bear markets before. They don't go on forever. Um, But there's just no respite in this one. Every day, every day there's a a glimmer of hope a metal price stabilises and you think it's going to turn and rally up, but just keeps on grinding lower and lower. Yeah, I I don't see it turning any time in the future. I expect it's going to go lower at least through this year and probably off and on into next year. Uh, It is, however, setting us up for a fantastic buying opportunity and running the metals. And that's that's the good news, but it's going to hurt until then, I think. Yeah, and when you say lower, like, what, $15 silver, 1500 gold, that kind of le- low or even lower? Sure, sure. I don't know why why it couldn't. Yeah. Um, what about you, Kai? How, how bad is it going to get? Uh, not as bad. It's, it's, it's going to be bad. Okay, it's like 1500 I don't have the technical analysis in front of me, so price targets for gold. But it's going to be painful. U.S. dollar is still too strong until, until we see a reversal from the Fed. Gold is going to be under pressure. That means the mining stocks are going to be under pressure and nobody's going to care. And we're running into tax loss season. Yeah, we are running into tax, tax loss season. But actually, often tax loss season is not that bad if the rest of the year has been rubbish. But um, So here's the thing. You, you look at, you know projected copper demand out of China, for example, and you look at the need for copper, you know, Goldman Sachs and various others have done these surveys, we're going to need twice as much copper as we currently use by 2040, or whatever the numbers are. Um, and yet nobody's investing in copper. We've seen what happens with oil, nobody's invested in oil for 10 years, and suddenly we've got these oil and gas shortages. Is, is, is this what is being set up? Yeah, I believe so. I think copper is probably the, the one metal that's going to do exceptionally well over the next 10 years. Uh, the, the issue is, you know, we, the major mining companies, they can expand their mines, and they're doing that as much as they can, but it's at lower grade. New discoveries of any size are taking from discovery to production 10 to 20 years if you can get them permitted. Um, so the, 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 it's hard to see where the new supply is coming from. And even these, there's lots of marginal low-grade deposits sitting around the world you've still got to go through the permitting process and it's unlikely that the majors are going to put these marginal deposits into production because they're scared of what the price could do. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a great setup. Do you follow lithium? To some degree. What do you think of lithium? It's like the one metal that hasn't... Yeah, I guess it's waiting to get whacked too. That's, that's what I'm looking at it thinking, yeah. And what about you? What are your thoughts on lithium, Kai? Uh, not too many. Copper more. Like, I'm not a lithium bull at all because um, there's plenty and abundance. It's more of a chemical experiment, and uh, it's about offtake agreements. That's why I haven't looked at it as much. That's why I missed it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm a bit of jealous as well, missing it, because mm-hmm. I've seen stocks run from $0.16 cents to $7 uh, in that sector. So maybe there's a bit of jealousy as well. But to copper, I'm bullish on. It happens. Now, so 
I've got a company that I'm quite heavily invested in. I'm sure you're going to tell me it's absolute rubbish, Brent, but I've got a company, and I'm not going to say the name of the company, but it's got just shy of 12 million ounces in Canada, um, and it's valued at $10 an ounce in the ground. And it's probably the largest undeveloped gold project in North America. And, you know, it's, it's, in, it's in Timmins, right next to Timmins. If you haven't got it now, you'll never get it. Manetta? Yeah, correct, Manetta. Okay. <laughs> but you look at that and you just go, why is somebody not buying that, you know, just to replace their mined ounces? It just seems like such an obvious um, buyout candidate. Now, there might be a specific reason with Manetta, but the bigger question I was asking is, you would expect the large caps to take advantage of this to do some mergers and acquisitions, and we don't seem to be seeing any signs of that. Is that a lack of vision or...? What's going on there? No, I think it's it's more of a, a realization of the, amongst the larger companies that they went out in the previous bull uh, market and bought all these low-grade, you know, one gram, you know, 0.9 gram yep. sulfide deposits uh, in a lot of them in Ontario and Quebec, and the capex to build them just got blown out, and they were marginal to start with, and I think that's a scary place to be, and that's. What that's telling me is that they're looking, the majors are looking, but they're not finding much that really meets their economic hurdle. So the, the truth is, it's really hard to find a good gold deposit. Yeah. It's easy to find a So with the case of Manetta, it's, it's a bulk tonnage, low-grade job. And, yeah, it, is, and it, it is marginal, which means in a bull market, it'll go up by more, and in a bear market, it gets hit by more. Mm-hmm. But you'd you'd still. I mean, I, who who runs that? Uh, what's his name? Gary O'Connor. Yeah, great guy, doing a great job. It's yeah. and, and you know he's doing the best he can with that deposit. But right now, big open pits are out of favour. Mm-hmm. And we need a much higher metal price for for them to work. Yes. And we're talking like what two thousand two thousand five hundred dollar gold that kind of thing. That'd do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Assuming inflation doesn't take all that away. Okay. It's a cool business. It is. (laughs) We were talking, Kai, about... I mean, I like this conference. It's a well-known conference, but it's it's very metal-heavy. And I don't know how many people are here, a few hundred. And it's just... You know, mining is so important, and yet it's so small. And if you look at, you know, the, the... the FTSE 100 is slightly different, but, you know, the amount of the S&P 500 taken up by mining, it's tiny. What, what do you think of that? Do you think that means it can get bigger, or do you, do you read anything into that, into that? Well, it's always been a niche sector, right? It's, it's like venture capital. Like, it's, it's an ultra-high-risk sector like biotech, which is not the biggest sector either, maybe a little more popular because it cures illnesses. But uh, mining apparently is an illness for some. Right. If you look at the narrative in the mainstream media and uh, anti stop oil and things like that, and people don't seem to understand the narrative behind mining and what mining is actually good for. And only very few, especially here at this conference, they're, they're looking at gold more for as a monetary metal mm-hmm. and looking to secure their wealth in the upcoming recession and other downturns. Mm. Do you worry about mining not being given the... the- the credit it deserves, not <laughs> occupying the status it, it, it needs? It, it's, it, I don't worry about it. It's interesting that, you know, everyone listening to your podcast right now, if they're to look around the room, there's probably nothing in that room besides air that hasn't had some sort of metal connected with its being built, being processed, being grown, everything 
except for the air they're breathing is requires some metal somewhere along its route to get to you yeah and if you just look at history you know every culture has got a mining culture as as part of its history and there's a real kind of camaraderie and closeness you know you go to like some of the pubs in Cornwall and you just there's, I don't think there's a functioning uh, producing mine in Cornwall now but you just look in all the pubs and you can really feel the mining culture there um, is that ever coming back I doubt it <laughs> I mean you know we're this is the modern world we're looking at uh, what nanotech and flying machines and but they're gonna get the metal for it where are they gonna get metal for well, it? Not, I mean they're gonna have to mine the metal but I don't yet see any indication that the younger generation has got any interest in this sector. I mean, there's, there's, at this show, there's actually, I'm seeing more younger pe people here looking at it as an I investment. I saw a few as well. So yeah. that's good to see. And, you know, but still, most of the folks got gray hair or no yeah. hair. Yep. Do you well, there, there's that NIMBY culture as well, right? So what you're talking about, like all these towns being founded based on mining, we don't see that anymore. Right? No. That means there's usually a huge open pit around, or even underground, like that employs thousands of people. Like those mines are usually exist already, like those towns, or they're in places where nobody wants to go. Mm. Right. So I'm sure there's towns created based on mining, but uh, you'll never see them. Yeah, and I guess I think probably the point you were making, Brent, as well, is that you know, whereas once upon a time a team of us might have gone underground with a load of picks and you know bonded through the danger, because it is a dangerous industry now, a machine's going to be doing that job. Yeah, that's, that's true. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, do you look at specific metal prices, Brent, or do you just follow the, the companies themselves? In, in general, I, you know, I know the metal price, but it's not something I try and track and predict. Mm. So you, do you, in your letter, do you, for example, go, I need a copper company and go out looking for a copper company, or do you just sort of find a company that's good and then the fact that it's a copper company or a gold company or a tungsten company, whatever it is. Well, the, the letter is, uh, Exploration Insights is actually run by Joe Mazumdo. I sold it to him, and he and I worked together, but his, it's his letter. And it's, ah, I beg your pardon. And he's much smarter than me, I can guarantee you that, right? Um, but, yeah, I so think... So you're just a consultant to it now? He, sort of, yeah. 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 And certainly we've got the same view on copper. So, yeah, it was let's go out and find a good copper project that's going to work. And, you know, we've, we've got one in the portfolio that's in Arizona that looks really good. It check, ticks all the boxes. And, and so we, we've, we've got that one. And we've got a couple others. We're in Brazil on a nickel, platinum, palladium thing. And so, yeah, we're, it, it's what metals are we going to need? And then where are we going to find a deposit that is high margin and permittable? And that's the criteria, basically. Yeah. Pretty simple. So you're, are you, like, now, if you were to put new money to... Like, you're bearish on the markets generally. If you were to put new money to work now, I, I'm guessing it would have to be pretty high grade. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm doing with this show and what I'm what Joe's doing as well. We're, he, he visits two projects a, a month at least, um, getting a list, basically, together of what we want to buy when the shit hits the fan. And the shit's just in flight. It hasn't hit yet. Yeah, it hasn't stuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you? Have you have you got anything? Have you got sort of certain criteria that you're? Yeah, I'm often in my own way to be honest, because I look at management and cap structures first before I even look at a project. 
and uh, that eliminates like 99% of the companies we're looking at already. Um, I, know, I saw and a couple presenting today and their capital structures were awful. It's just terrible. And like, especially in this market now, you need to also look how much cash they have. And he was going or can they prioritize raise the shareholder and like, not with a capital no, structure like that, you don't. And sometimes you see the writing on the wall. You know, certain characters have been in the industry for 12 years now and sort of like have a mental notebook. But there's people that are on there and it gets confirmed every time again and again. Like all of a sudden you see a one cent rights offering and you have that person already in the book and you know exactly what is happening again. It's easy to eliminate. So but it's a bit contradictory as well because over the last few years, one topic everybody discussed about when picking companies was, oh, you've got to look at management first. If you're new to the sector, you have no advantage. No, no. Like you're way behind the eight ball, right? So you have to rely on people like Brent, Joe, um, newsletter writers with some experience, more than a year, I guess, right? Then, I've got a golden rule, which is never trust anyone with suspiciously white teeth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> don't you think that's a good rule? You know, now that you mentioned it, that's I, I like that. I'm gonna keep. Yeah, mine are healthily. Uh, I think I'm drinking um, too much coffee. Tarnished. Yeah. No. 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 I, your, your teeth are all nice and yellow, yeah, and, and crooked as well. Yeah. No, but back to your question. Like it really starts at that point, and you can eliminate most of the like 99 percent of the companies at that point, and then the company you've been talking about in Arizona, very high on my list as well. I've been to the project what as well. What is the company? It's Arizona Sonoran. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's so, I hope I didn't give anything away there. No, no. We, we've we <laughs> bought it and we're down on it. No, we're going to buy it again. <laughs> okay. Arizona Sonor. Sonoran. Sonoran. Yeah, okay. just outside of Casa Grande and uh, just an hour south of Phoenix. The funny What's the market thing, cap? It's like 140, 140 like million. Yeah. They've got 25, 30 in the bank. Rio Tinto gave them 25, 25 million. The fun part is their deposit is... And it's a development play. Yeah. Their deposit is up dip of Friedland's Ivanhoe Electric, big deposit, that uh, was valued at a billion bucks. And they've got the top of it. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Writing. <coughs> Writing's on the wall there. Yeah, so. there should be something, yeah, there should be more recognition there. Yeah, but, I mean, there's quite a few companies in that sort of 100 to 200 million market cap development category. Mm-hmm. which are dramatically undervalued. Yeah. And, and I mean, Kai and I were talking about Monero Alamos earlier. We like that one. In case you don't know Monero Alamos, it's um, building three gold mines in Mexico. The first one is producing, but they're going to declare commercial production after four quarters of... And that's 25,000 ounces. The next one they're hoping to bring into production year after next, which would be another 65,000 ounces. And then the third one, La Fortuna, they would bring in a year after that 70,000 ounces. And by the time you put them all together, it's a sort of 150, 160,000 ounce per year producer. And the company gets a re-rating from a development play to a mid-tier producer. That's the kind of investment case for this company. But I mean, I look at the share price and it, it hasn't fallen as much as everything else. But that's that's not a reason to buy it. But, it, it you know, there's a, there's a few. And Manita, as we mentioned before, you know, $9 an ounce in the ground. It's extraordinarily cheap. And I think somebody's going to buy it. You, you don't. You're less excited about that because you, we need higher gold prices for that to happen. I but, think so. But I, you know, I've been wrong. I think study-wise, yeah. it's, it's not imminent takeout, in my opinion, as well. Well, apparently like, they've... And they're just digest, or still digesting a takeover. They bought assets from 03. Yeah, no, but that's a couple of, that's three or four years ago now. I don't know, don't quote me, maybe two. But I think there's still some digestion happening. There is some consolidation going on, 
and apparently they've signed NDAs with various majors. But 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 um, you know, there are lots of these value plays. Whatever the reason for the value, you know, either the you know this copper story that that's not getting the blue sky of having the Friedland thing or this thing that's not getting the blue sky of this imminent production or this thing that's not getting the blue sky of it's about to be taken out. They're not hard to find. And, you know, in a in a bull market, many of these things would be valued maybe, I don't know, three times their current value, two or three times their current value. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, uh, 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 but then you go, but there's, there's, at least you know they're going to exist mm-hmm. in in two or three years they can survive two or three years of bear market, whereas some of these tiddlers, where maybe you could buy them now at two cents and, you know, flip your money and there'll be 10 cents in, in, in um, six months' time when metals prices turn up a bit, you know, you make five times your money, great, but they also might not exist. Yeah, and those things, liquidity is a problem. I mean, it's often easier to buy than sell. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have, like, a minimum market cap, Kai, that you look at? No, not really, to be honest. Like, I've just uh, met with a company here that has a 5 million market cap, right? So, you got to start somewhere, yeah. right? As long as they keep dilution in check and can raise money at reasonable rates and share prices well without destroying the base, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, I saw one company that had 6 million in cash, 9 million market cap. Hmm. That's quite attractive. Yeah, no, I've got no minimum market cap. It's more about <laughs> what they're going to do with what they've got left. I've got one guy I know who, who, who's made and lost a lot of money and made and lost a lot of money and made and lost a lot of money, but he, he will only buy market caps under five million because he, because he thinks, you know, you get the upside. Yeah. Um, I don't do that. <laughs> but you can see, you can see <laughs> yeah, why. Yeah, it, it, it can work if in a bull market or you get lucky, but usually if it's under five cents or five million market cap, they've got a long struggle ahead of them. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's the right team with the right project, yeah, hell yeah. Have you looked at Sierra Madre Silva? They're here? No. Have you looked at them? No. I know they're halted right now because they're doing an acquisition, but that's yeah. as far as I've gotten. Yeah, they bought the old Genko silver mine off um, First Majestic. Is it, Is it called La Guitarra, yeah. Do you know oh. that one? About one and a half million ounces a year silver producer. La guitar. It was well, it was like I think self, First Majestic put it. Up. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah. abandoned it basically. They closed it down. It just wasn't I'm worth sure I've while. been there. I just can't recall it right now. Okay, it's in Mexico. Well, can't tell yeah. you any more well, than La that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, okay, so uh, I've really enjoyed talking to you guys, and I always feel. Uh, do you agree, Kai? In the, in the presence of Brent, I always feel wisdom exudes Absolutely. from him. Because you, you've just been in the game so long, and um, and it's a hard game to stay in this long, you know, because it's just such a hard industry and it's so cyclical. And I mean, w- give us some pearls of wisdom. What advice would you be saying to people now? Conserve capital, deploy capital, hold on to what you've got, sell what you've got, and bail out. Um, how long do these bear markets go on for? You know, make us feel good. They can go on for a long time. Um... Much longer than you think. I, I think the important thing right now is what I'm doing is, like I said, I'm identifying projects, companies, and people that are going to make it through this and have something of value that will be revalued when the metal prices and the market comes back. I think if you're not in this industry, you don't 
you know, not a geologist or something. You, you really should have someone advise you, be that a, a newsletter writer, a broker, a brother who knows the industry, something like that. You need advice because this is a very complex uh, industry with a lot of uh, characters and, and it such is to full do of with. scoundrels. Yes. It is for, I mean, I've got a list of names I'm like, never <laughs> yeah. again. And, you know, honestly, I'd say uh, go try Joe's l- newsletter. If you don't like it, you can quit after a month. But uh, everything that he's and I ever have written is there, searchable. It's a good letter. Yeah. How many companies are on Joe's list at the minute? We try and keep it to 20 or less. Okay. And um, Kai, what, what about you? What are you, what are you thinking? I don't think there's a hurry right now to jump into the markets. We've got tax loss season ahead of us, and as Brent pointed out, I think we'll still have a bit of doom and gloom ahead of us before things get rosier again in the markets. But it all depends. It could happen tomorrow again if the Fed decides to change course, then uh, risk-off mode is, off, is back on. Uh, the riskier stocks will probably get some attention. But you have time to do your homework mm. right now. You have the time. Find a company that has cash, good project, good asset, that can sustain themselves for at least 12 months. Um, or that can raise cash in the foreseeable future, but there's not very many that can do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they raise five hundred thousand dollars, think twice about what they're going to do with it. Um, like, there's no value creation happening at this point. Uh, there's no need to take a closer look uh, unless they're blowing it out on marketing. The only thing you can have, like, is maybe a bit of appreciation. But if they don't follow up on that, get out. So, yeah, I think I might do an entry, a newsletter entry. I run a very good newsletter, by the way, Brent. Frisbee, the flying Frisbee, and I'm surprised well, not I've to see I've got all your records. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised not to see you as a subscriber. But anyway, the, um, I think I might just do that. I might just draw up a list and go, look, I'm not buying these companies, but I like this company for this reason. I like this company for that reason. This is the reason, you know, the investment case. But, you know, I think that, that would be a very valid exercise for readers just to have a list. Even if you're not, just go on S and P. Go on S and P and find out who has cash. Yeah. Start there. I think that's the first thing, and then you can start weeding out. I management. get one of those off my um, uh, broker every now and then. I get, they send me a spreadsheet of all the cash positions of all the companies, mm. and you can see which ones are trading at. Some of them are trading below cash. Yeah. Well, you're welcome to send it by me. What's that? If, my list. Your list. Yeah. If you want an opinion. Oh yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, do that. It'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You like Monero Alamos? I don't know it well enough. I, I, I don't really get into small producers. Okay. You're a, you're a one stage back in the, two stages back in the cycle. Yeah, it, really early stage exploration or something really big that they don't have to build. Someone's going to buy okay. off them. I've got you. All right, gents. Um, give up. Do you want to, if people want to find out more about you, Brent, can, is, is there somewhere they can do that or are you trying to go incognito? Uh, explorationinsights.com is the website for Joe's letter. And I'm on Twitter, Brent Cook Geo. Good stuff. And Kai? Yeah, at JR Mining Guy on Twitter. And uh, follow us on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash Financial. Yeah, if you're into mining, Kai's uh, a brilliant news source on Twitter. There's, you, you post a lot of good news. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much for listening, folks. I hope uh, you found this interview of value and uh, onwards and upwards. And I'll be back with another podcast very soon. Until then, goodbye.